You just, there we go. Test, test. Absolutely. This is Champ Franklin, and we are live here at um, our new location and an undisclosed location going live, bringing you intimate discoveries. And today we have an amazing show today that you um, are going to be exceedingly blessed. But before we get all, before we do all of that, um, I have to, um, we got to go over, we got to set the foundation. That's right. Here we go. Welcome to Intimate Discoveries, Unveiling Connections, the podcast redefining the conversation around intimacy. In a world where connections often feel superficial, we dive deep, exploring the layers of what it truly means to be intimate. This isn't just another love talk. It's a, a groundbreaking journey through intimacies, cognitive, emotional, physical, and um, spiritual aspects in the modern age. In each episode, we peel back the layers of myths and truths, engaging with experts, sharing real life stories, and uncovering insights that challenge everything you thought you knew about intimacy. Whether you're navigating the complexities of love, seeking deeper connections, or just curious about the unspoken intricacies of human bond, Intimate Discoveries is your guide through the maze of modern intimacy. Tune in Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 4 p.m. as we unveil the secrets of truly meaningful connections. Intimate Discoveries, unveiling connections, where every episode is a step closer to understanding the heart and soul of intimacy. Yes, we are live. And I am posting. Um, I see a couple people online looking right now. We get ready to post. So you can actually go on to um, my, my website, um, champfranklin.com, if you want to join in. I'm actually putting this on my um, on the reel. And um, we're going live. Um, it is live and in colors. It's the, the link is posted on, on a Facebook page and it's also going to be on champfranklinspeaks.com where you can um, actually tune in to the broadcast. So we're here, we're live, and we're in color. So come on, come on, come on. If you are ready to get your life changed. Let me see here. We are right here. And so today, um, I have a very special guest um, who um, is one of the classiest women that I've met um, because I have met classy women in my life. Um, and so um, I wanted to be able to bring her to the, to the to the um, to on the show because we're looking at intimacy and wanted to talk to her about her new journey. Um, seeing that we had a unfortunate event um, with her, the passing of her husband recently, um, and so I know we talk about divorce and we talk about how marriages, um, you know, we say fifty percent of marriages end in divorce, um, but there are some that actually follow through on their promise, which is till death do us part. Um, and right now we have an amazing woman who has, um, she's on a new journey. She's in a space where um, life happens and, um, and she's embracing a new chapter. And so what we're doing here is I'm, we're gonna, I'm gonna have a candid conversation with her and, um, Get and if you have questions, you can post it in there. Um, but without further ado, um, Laria, are you here? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> yeah, it the thing is that this is this moment takes courage, right? This actually takes courage to be able to have a conversation, to be able to be vulnerable. Um, like we said in the intro, that um we dive deep right we get into um the conversations we make sure that we ask the hard questions we become vulnerable with each other and so in this particular place you know right 
Um, I want to invite, let me see if, if I can get her in and come in as a speaker. Did you see the invite? Okay, for some reason it keeps taking you up. So if you want to move here, we won't have, no one can see you, um, but we will share the mic um, in this particular case. Oh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Mm -hmm. we, were, we were having some technical difficulties, but in spite of all that, we're going to go ahead and get right on into the um, the conversation. And um, and so without further ado, we have um, Laria here. And so um, as we start our conversation, Laria, all right, we're good to go. So um, how's it going? It's going. It's going? It's a process. It's emotional. It's up and down. And it's, um, you know, it's just, it's a journey. It's definitely a journey, a journey that anyone that has lost just any individual in their life, it could be a, a parent, a child, a, a nephew, a cousin, or whomever, it's it's different levels of grieving, mm -hmm. and um, it's definitely a, a difficult journey, yes. and there's no time on it. Mm -hmm. So, right, absolutely. I must warn our listeners and viewers that at any moment, emotions can flare up. So, if I start crying, I'm letting you know it's gonna happen, and if we get emotional, um, we're gonna keep going through, but. I want to make sure I put that disclaimer out there because um, being emotionally available, being able to expand on your emotional vocabulary is the work that I've been doing. And so we want to make sure that um, that we explain that because when you're emotionally astute, um, you have the power. And this is one thing that I, I, I try to share with my listeners. You have the power to connect with individuals on an unprecedented level that you've never, ever had before. And so one of the things that I recognize that during my relationship, during my marriage, during my life, prior to me going to therapy and getting the, getting the, the help that I need, is that I was emotionally numb for so many years. And being emotionally numb um, hindered that emotional connection that um, individuals in my life um, desire, like my, my ex-wife, my children, um, that was it. So that being said, I want to make sure that, that you know that we're here. So back to where we were, um, Laurie was telling us, you know, about um, her, her, just to give you a little bit back on her, her husband just passed away um, less than two months ago. No, three. Uh, three months? Yeah. yeah, about three months ago. And, and so she's on her journey. And so um, we're having a conversation here today because um, I've known them for uh, over a year. Or so, and, and that intimate connection is something that I saw um, real life in motion, um, where there was love, there was emotion, there was there was that commitment that we often talk about, but we rarely see individuals hanging there through the end. And so, um, we'll continue to talk about um, where she is right now. Yes, Lori. So I have a question. Oh, do, do you want to share anything right now about your journey? Okay. All right. So I have some a couple questions. Um, can you share like um some dreams and aspirations that you and your husband had together? Well, let me give um, your listeners just a little bit of background okay. of um our marriage, our relationship, our experiences, our intimacy. We have been, we were married 32 years. Mm -hmm. um, we've known each other uh, maybe about 40 years. Mm -hmm. So that journey for us, you know, it was like a hill up and down. But um, when we met, you know, I was, my husband uh, was 13 years older than me. Mm -hmm. And so when we met, you know, he was at a level in his life where he had been married before. He 
had children from a previous marriage. And here I am, this young woman just out of college, not knowing, not having any experiences about love or life or just the world. And as, as my mom told uh, my husband, uh, when he went to my parents to say, you know, I love your daughter, you know, I would like to marry her. And the first thing my mother said to him is that you are so worldly mm. and this is my daughter, my 27 year old daughter that she knows nothing about the world. She knows nothing about being in love. She thinks she does, you know, about marriage and being a wife and being a mom and you bring, you know, you have children. So you are bringing a lot into my mom's little girl's relationship. You are bringing up a lot from your um, previous life into my little girl's life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we did, we ended up getting married and um, it wasn't always easy. It wasn't always perfect. It wasn't always pretty. You know, we had good times, bad times, in between times, down times. But, and there was a time when, and we can get to that later, mm -hmm. where we did, um, we were having issues in our marriage, our relationship. And we went to our pastor, our former pastor at that time, and I remember him saying to us, sometimes couples must separate in order to get back together. Mm -hmm. And I remember asking him, like, what do you mean by that? That is just, what? Separate. Mm -hmm. And he said, yes. But the key to that is you have to remain focused and true and open and stick to your promise. Mm -hmm. the, the vows that you made were a promise to God. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying separate and go crazy, lose your mind or whatever. He said, but you two have to remain focused on each other. And the reason why you separated, you have to understand that in order to get back together. So we had a journey and we had to understand communication, intimacy, touch, love. I mean, all is very broad. A relationship mm. is very broad and it's, and it's intricate. It's not just I'm in this relationship and that's it. Everything's going to fall into place. It takes work. It takes mm. understand. It takes two people. Mm -hmm. So you were so when you said the the pastor was talking about individuals need to separate. So in, in essence, in order to get back, together. To get back together, mm -hmm. it's that in this particular case, the couple set, separated in order to do a hard reset on the relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's what that was. We're going to separate, go through this process of hard reset, and then we're going to reestablish our connection, this mm -hmm. time under different um, objectives, dif different type of um, different approach, mm -hmm. um, and where you decided to create a new moment, mm -hmm. and you all began living in that moment. We did, we did, and not only did we have Christian counseling. Um, I remember our pastor also referred us to secular counseling. Mm -hmm. So we had both aspects. We had, you know, the word of God, you know, what this means and how we understand it. And then we had the secular part mm -hmm. where, you know, it just kind of brought the world together for us. It just kind of opened up our eyes outside of everything that what we thought mm -hmm. was right or in that path of, I don't know, positivity, but it was an eye opener. It was an experience. I think that I know that I learned a heck of a lot mm -hmm. and it took us two years. 
it took us two years, but we were, we remained faithful and we remained just steadfast and we just stayed on it and ended up here we are 32 years later. Oh, beautiful. It's a beautiful story. And, and, <clears throat> and what I witnessed with you and, and Archie was a love and a commitment that it didn't matter um, what he was going through, that he was going to make sure that he did whatever he can for, for Laurie. This could this meant just walking, walking Cooper, walking a dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a, wherever I can give my, and that's the thing that we talk about when, when we talk about intimacy and relationships, as far as being a, becoming a reliable partner. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and doing stuff that I know that I can do, right? Mm -hmm. Which is, which was, which was beautiful. And it's what also helped our marriage is that, you know, we could not, we're not mind readers. Mm -hmm. We are not mind readers. And so we had to speak, talk, um, watch our words, mm -hmm. watch, be mindful of how you speak to each other. Yeah, we are human and we get upset and we have emotions mm -hmm. and, but we had to be mindful of our approach because it just takes an instant to turn off mm -hmm. or it just takes an instant to get upset or to lash out at somebody or to say something mean or something just crude or inappropriate. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't elevate a relationship. It certainly doesn't elevate what's going on. It will just escalate, escalate. into something else. Yes. And so for the listeners, one of the things that we, I like to do is to bring in our definition of intimacy and then see how this process revolutionized your marriage so and caused you to sustain almost 40 years right doing a heart reset and then re redefining our approach and so the definition that we use here at um, intimate discoveries is that intimacy is defined as a level of commitment positive effective cognitive and physical closeness that one experiences with a partner in a reciprocal relationship. Now, there are four different components of intimacy, which are cognitive, emotional, sexual, and spiritual intimacy. And so as she, they did the reset, one of the things that they started with, with communication, which is the cognitive, um, intimacy in the relationship where they had this exchange. And so we can see that um, through their relationship. And so as we're, um, as, as I'm giving you that definition, how does that, how do you see um, that cognitive reciprocity, the person, the um, pre preserving, preservation of a safe space for both you and Archie, how you all were able to communicate more effective than you were before. We, you know, it was, it was a process where we had to understand um, what our beliefs mm -hmm. and our thoughts were. Mm -hmm. And so those things help to shape your relationship. Mm -hmm. Those things help to um, influence your relationship and how you interact with each other, how you are with one another, just being together as a couple. And so for us, I think that you know, there, there are different ways to understand um, your partner. Mm -hmm. 
the likes and the dislikes. And as a woman, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> we tend to have a little, we are, I'm going to use the word sensitive. Mm-hmm. We are a little bit more sensitive than men are. So how we are approached and the things that our partner may say to us would probably come across differently than a man's approach. Mm-hmm. Because how men are built, how women are built. Well, sometimes uh, we men uh, can be sensitive too, very sensitive about to the point of you know petty. <laughs> um, petty. Yeah, when it comes mm-hmm. to just certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it 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 really just depends on the situation. I think mm-hmm. um, where that sensitivity um, can get the best of us. Right. Um, and at the same time. Um, it's important to now begin to have those conversations. Um, yes, and, and so where we have those conversations about um, how I can um, provide that safe space, because we always we always have to go back to that safe space where I, I can tell you my truth, I can share with you um, how I'm feeling, and then you respect my beliefs, right? Because your beliefs, you had very little to do with your belief system. What, how, what, primarily what you believe is what your parents downloaded on your hard drive. Nature or nurture. Right? Mm-hmm. And so going through that and preserving that safe space, um, what, what, how did your relationship emotionally evolve um, once you experienced, once you knew that? that Archie was committed. How did that change your your daily interaction once you realized that, you know, he's committed because he's showing up to the appointments, he's 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 I, he's being reliable. I can hear see where he is, what he's doing. Um and he's now taking my side, right? I think I I think for me when I always knew that he was committed. Mm-hmm. I always knew that he was committed. The The part that he was committed to us, mm-hmm. to redefining who we are as starting over again, mm-hmm. was when he came to me and we were separated at mm-hmm. that time. And he said, I want to come back home. Mm-hmm. I, I need my family. I, it's, I know it's going to take work. I know that I will do anything mm-hmm. that you need me to do mm-hmm. that will help us to. Mm-hmm. So I think at that moment, I knew he was committed. And then I could see mm-hmm. that he was putting his best foot forward. He was, you know, we were doing the counseling. We were studying together, mm-hmm. creating different moments, not only just date night, but just sitting down and just talking mm-hmm. to each other right. and sitting to next, next to each other and, you know, just rediscovering um, our relationship on the new us, the different, not new, different mm-hmm. us. Right. Um, so I, I, and that's, that's good because when I, when and you're familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of mm-hmm. needs. Um, and so what happened was that um, when Archie said that I'm going, I want to, I'll do whatever I need. It was at, it was now a, a, a level of commitment that he was going to provide a safe space for you to fulfill that, that safety need for you in the marriage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so establishing that re- we're committing, because remember we talked about intimacy being a level of commitment. Mm-hmm. And so now that um, he has elevated his commitment to, um, to fulfilling that safety need, which he said, hey, I'll do whatever I need to do. 
I don't care. You tell me what, what I need to do um, because I want to come back. I want my family full committed. I want, I want you all back. And then once that, once you begin to experience that, because remember, intimacy is an experience, right? You make mm-hmm. sure that your par- your partner experience a level of closeness, right? Mm-hmm. Once that happened, right, and you begin to experience that on a consistent basis, then how did the emotional um, transformation begin? For us, the transformational began when we had to put aside our, what people call, and a lot of people may not understand this, it's called um, cognitive biases. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so that's when people have negative thoughts about their partner. Mm-hmm. And those negative thoughts influence negative behavior. Mm-hmm. And so I think for us, because we were going through such a difficult time, you know, when you go through a difficult time in a relationship, there are so many emotions that are evolved evolving and there's anger and there's resentment mm-hmm. and you just want to lash out. I mean, we're all human. You just want to lash out at the person and you want to, you know, make them hurt like mm. you are hurting. Mm. You want them mm. to feel what you are feeling. Mm. So your behavior is going to show that you're, you, you were going to react. And so I had to learn mm-hmm. that. I had to understand my hurt. I had to understand how I allowed myself to get to Mm. a place of feeling angry and resentful and just mad. Mm. I was mad. I was mad. I was Mm. mad at him. I was mad at the world. I was mad at Mm. everyone. Mm. So we had to just understand that you know having those 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 hurtful feelings having those negative feelings you have to learn how to replace those Mm -hmm. with something positive Mm -hmm. with something favorable Mm -hmm. because if you hold on to it right it's not gonna it's just not gonna work It's just not going to work. You have to find a way to move forward, to remove yourself from that hard place. You Mm. can't, you can visit that place, but you can't stay there. You cannot stay there. I I remember going through therapy myself and my therapist gave me the feelings wheel. Um, And in this feelings wheel, you have these primary emotion, which is sad, joy, powerful, mm-hmm. and angry or mad. And um, only in each of those negative, those emotions were opposite of each other, but they lined up per- mm-hmm. totally, you know, in the, in the circle. And so if you felt sad, you can look on the other side of that, to, that, that will get you to the other part of, you know, get you from that negative to that positive emotion. Mm-hmm. And the other powerful part about what you were saying is about processing those emotions that that giving you that safe space allowed you to properly assign those experiences, right? Does does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So when you're so let's say when you're you're sad, right? You're you're upset. Mm-hmm. You, you 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 were talking about you're mad with everybody, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't that you were mad. It's just that you were feeling neglected, right? Mm-hmm. You were feeling this in um, this, you know, you ignored, ignored, and, right? Yeah, it's and just un- unvaluable. So right. it, and so instead of being mad, right, having that conversation with 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 Archie, y'all did this reset in council and everything else, it allowed you to properly assign mm-hmm. 
those emotions, which mm-hmm. which which is also all part of expanding your emotional right. vocabulary, right? Right. Because I'm not mad. I'm just I'm jealous. I'm jealous that you go and have fun all the time. You leave me here with the kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you but know. there's a reason why you're mad. So let's talk about why are you mad mm-hmm. on this day. So how are you feeling today? Well, today I'm sad. Why? What? What makes you? Why are you feeling sad? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sad because you know I've been home all day, and you know I'm. This is just an example. No, absolutely. This is good. This is good. And you know I've got. I had a family member that was having some issues, which brought you know emotional issues for me, and I didn't have X Y Z to talk to. I didn't mm-hmm. have you to talk to, and. So today I'm just really sad because you weren't here to help me to understand like there's another avenue. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be sad because when you find sadness, you can also find contentment. Mm-hmm. And that's what I tell a lot of people. Um, you know, happiness is a moment. Mm-hmm. We're happy when we're celebrating life. We're happy when we are celebrating our birthdays and you know family members and christmas time and just different ways to make us happiness but having that i have learned that having contentment Mm -hmm. in your just in your being in your relationship having that contentment Mm -hmm. that's golden right then you know paul paul mentioned that in the bible that i've learned to be content right yes Having contentment. That that's contentment is a learned behavior, mm-hmm. right? And so the other part that in your you know in your throughout the, your marriage and notice let's say you had that sad day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something that you know our listeners can use when your partner is sad or not in their best space that you can ask. Had would there were moments in which you ask you, hey. Laurie, is there something I can do to, to help you to feel better, right? Those those questions came. And so were there ever a time that you asked him to do something that you knew that he could not do? Yes, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And I I think every relationship goes through that. Okay, so, so when I say... That you ask him knowing that he could not, he could not do this. That that was your intent. Um, you know what? If you really love me, then you're gonna do X, Y, and Z. Or this is what I want you to do. Was that um, something that that happened? And how did that? Yes, there's always, you know, let's flip the script. Mm -hmm. If he asked me to do something that I wasn't able to do for whatever reason I couldn't do, maybe I just didn't have the emotional attachment to whatever it was he was asking or he didn't have the emotional attachment to do whatever that. Right. I was asking, and sometimes, you know what? We have to understand that everyone is at a different level mm-hmm. emotionally. Mm-hmm. And so when you expect someone to show up and be there, some people can't. Some people are not able to be that emotional piece all of the time you're ab- you're absolutely right you're absolutely right and so in that in that frame and and again going back to just sitting and being emotionally available right mm-hmm. like you were saying there could come a point where had he you know had you know, had you practiced right and this is me asking you to do something had you practiced um, being emotionally available for me, you know, today you did, did two minutes next week, you did 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, you're doing hours with me and you're happy that you're there. Right. Mm -hmm. That showed that is something that you could do. 
right? So going back to that now, because you really shocked me when you said that I asked him to do something that I knew he couldn't do because I'm of the mindset now when I look back through my marriage that I could have done everything that she asked me to do. It, and and he, this is what I'm saying. It was possible, right? So let me just give you an example. You know, I need, I want you to sleep in, you know, and I want to sleep in on the weekend. And I'm I'm in the military. I'm gonna be up. I gotta do this, and I'm just like no. I'm and I never slept in. I never slept in. And I, when I look back, you know, I could have laid there in the bed, happy. I could have turned on that emotion. I could have done that. But how would you have turned on that emotion when you didn't recognize that? You're everybody has to get to um, be in that place of recognizing their emotion and their ability. Oh my gosh. If you don't recognize right. those things, right. then it's Come a moot point. Come How on. are you going to do that? Come you're, on. You're, you're not able to. You're so at, you're, then that brings on the hostility that brings on the resentment. Then that starts to ignite a flame mm -hmm. because you were thinking, I asked you to do just lay in bed Saturday with me and just let's just talk and cuddle and laugh and just an hour. Mm -hmm. And you can't do those things. Well, that's where couples, individuals have to understand. Why can't I do that? You have to ask yourself, why can't, why aren't I available? Why can't I show up at this point? Why can't I show up and he or she just wants me to just lay here. And, and that's where, I'm not built that way. Uh, that's not true. You that are. You are built that. You're absolutely right. But, <laughs> the, but, the, but the thing is, this is where that safe space, that vulnerability comes into play, right? Because I was emotionally, you know, you know, I grew up in a drug house. And so I had this, you know, bag dope for my dad, who was a quadriplegic. I had to give him heroin and cocaine. Um, and I had to do all that stuff and I had to go to school. And so I was emotionally numb from the sixth grade, fourth grade, right? In fact, since kindergarten, when my dad told me I I, 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 would get, I got hit with a, uh, a bat and I had a little scar on my head. I'm like, dad, can I, can I just stay home? He's like, no, you, you going to school, right? So from kindergarten, emotionally numb all the way up to 30, no, 47. 45, 45 years old, 40 years of emotional numbness. Now, being that, the, the question was, can you, why can't you sleep in, right? Mm -hmm. Right? I didn't feel like that moment, that space was provided for me to say, you know, I've never gotten a hug. I've, you know, to really talk about, no one, has hugged me like, man, it's going to be okay. In that moment, it was always, you know, suck it up, be tough, um, don't cry, right. go back out there and defend yourself. And now I have a relationship with this person who is requiring an emotional connection when mm -hmm. the wounds of my emotions are are scaled and they're, they're, they're locked in. And so um who gives me that space well also we have to understand that you know we grew up in a time where you know boys didn't cry boys weren't allowed to be vulnerable mm -hmm. you know if a boy falls down it's like boy get up you know you scrape your knee and you're supposed to brush it off and you know so we weren't taught to have that emotional almost like i don't want to say a breakthrough but it's almost like we we weren't allowed mm -hmm. to be emotionally it just wasn't accepted mm -hmm. and right. especially with men and so you have this little boy um that's growing up and you know like you said you mm -hmm. had to um, give your dad the heroin and, and the other drugs. And mm -hmm. so you grew up not understanding 
that it's okay to cry. It's okay to feel sad. It's it's okay to just lay in bed mm -hmm. with your wife for, I don't know, 20 minutes or an right. hour mm -hmm. or whatever. And so you grew up thinking all of these things, men don't do this. Mm -hmm. Men aren't, it's just, it's just not in them to do that. So that's one of those in nature or nurture mm -hmm. questions. Mm -hmm. And so we just grew up that way. And so in our adult years, now that we're finding that it's okay to feel, it's okay for my husband to cry. It's okay when he's not feeling well, if he acts like a baby. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like Absolutely. most men do. Absolutely, yeah. But, but he wasn't raised like that. Right. He, was, he was he was not raised like that. So how is he going to know? Mm -hmm. Our world has evolved. Right. Our world has evolved a lot since then. Mm -hmm. And so I think he and I definitely have had to learn. And I think he was more emotional than I was. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but we learned how to communicate. We learned how to talk to each other. And he was, Archie was a very passionate person. He was a strong man. He was a believer of God. He was very responsible. Mm -hmm. So, but he also grew up in Detroit, Michigan. Mm -hmm. So a lot of those things, emotions and feelings, and he didn't know. Right. He didn't know. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and that's, as, as you know, I, I typically, I, like I said, I use Maslow's hierarchy of needs for the relationship now, that the relationship has to have a safe space and the relationship also has to have a sense of, of loving and belonging. Mm -hmm. Right. The relationship, you should feel this way about your relationship. And so you can't have that unless the safety need in relationship is fulfilled. Right. Mm -hmm. And a reciprocal relationship in reciprocity. So if I'm giving you a safe space, then you're required to give me a safe space. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But 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 the thing is now. How do we. And as a black, black men and women, how do we now convince each other that we're safe? Because, you know, growing up in Detroit, you know, I mean, growing up in Chicago, no, we rarely got, um, <laughs> you rarely heard that of a good woman, um, other than your mother, you know, or your grandmother, you got, you, those women got defended, right? Um, but any other woman, we talked about them. We we, th we thought that they were, were going to get us. They were out to get us. You're going to have baby mama drama. You know, <laughs> she's a gold digger, da, da, da. And even on the other side, you're just looking at men. And so now you have this relationship where you have that, watch this, cognitive bias. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. How do you begin to turn off that bias in order to begin to listen to your partner as they're pleading to you that i am safe you can tell me because i i think that for archie and i we felt close enough to each other mm -hmm. um to talk to understand to explain, to cry, to be mad at that moment, to be upset. It's like, okay, I I, under, I get that you're upset. I, I get that you are, are feeling this way. But I think for, for us, you know, you have to understand like why the person feels that way. Like mm -hmm. what is it that possibly I did to contribute mm -hmm. to their feeling that way to being this way. And so I think as, as a couple, for one, you have to like each other. Mm -hmm. You do, you have to mm -hmm. like one another. You can love all day long, but mm -hmm. do you really like the person? Because. <laughs> so you think liking someone, so you, you were saying that, you know, you, ha you have to like each other. 
Do you think you can turn on like and turn it off? I think you can manage it. You can manage it. I right? think you can manage it. You can manage whether you like. You can manage your like say, level in your in your. In yeah, your. it's like a sibling. Mm -hmm. It's like it's, a sibling. I love. I love mm -hmm. sibling X, but boy, I don't like her. Mm -hmm. I don't like her. I don't like who she is. I don't like how she treats people. Or I. I just. I don't like her as an individual. So. I think for couples, it's very important to, yes, love. Mm -hmm. But if you don't like someone, think about working. Mm -hmm. um, you have a coworker. Right. Okay, so you have this coworker and you cannot, you don't like them. Mm -hmm. Would you want to be in a relationship with that person? No, I wouldn't want to be in a relationship with someone who I didn't like. Okay. So that that's my point. I think for Archie and I, not only did we love each other, mm -hmm. we liked each other. Mm -hmm. We liked being around each other. We enjoyed mm -hmm. doing things together. We enjoyed, you know, just talking and just spending whatever time that we could together mm -hmm. and i think for me he was always trying to catch me laria can you just mm -hmm. sit down just for <laughs> maybe you know just sit down for just a few minutes just come sit next to me and so he loved watching movies mm -hmm. and he loved netflix and mm -hmm. all the latest shows on tv so he would say baby just can you just come sit down for a minute? Love language was quality time. Absolutely for mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't always just, I know people misconstrued intimacy with sex. Mm -hmm. And that is so wrong. That is so wrong. It's a part of it. It's a big part of it. It is. It's, it's, um, but go ahead. It's, if you, like you were talking about the five love, love mm -hmm. languages you had mentioned, you have to understand each other's love language. Right. And to me, love language is what's important to that individual. Mm -hmm. What is going to not only just turn them on sexually, but mm -hmm. what's going to turn them on mentally? What's going to stimulate? Um, our relationship and it's not always about sex no it, it's not it's not always about sex and I think a lot of people b believe that intimacy is sex mm -hmm. it's a part of it. It, it, it 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 is it's the way that I have studied it it is it is the highest level of intimacy and um, intimacy I guess, like we said before, intimacy is a level of commitment, mm -hmm. positive, effective, cognitive, and physical closeness that one experiences with a partner in a reciprocal relationship. And so um, co there's cognitive intimacy, which is just exchanging thoughts, being able to share thoughts with a person in a reciprocal fashion. So, for example, if your partner is talking to you about baking cakes and you start talking about automobiles it depends on if are we sharing hobbies or is the conversation about baking right and so in a reciprocal relationship because she's talking about baking stuff i have to go down on the inside of me and then share something relative to baking in that form and that's a, a true exchange and so we got to make sure that we understand that part and then so we have the emotional um intimacy which is which is involves sharing emotion and self-disclosure and then it builds up to the sexual intimacy and so what happens in a lot of relationships is that we skip the emotional intimacy and we bypass it and, and go to the sexual intimacy. And therefore we have these unfulfilled sexual experiences 
um, that that add up over a period of time, right? Mm-hmm. And so making that that space where you can talk to each other, um, because that that's where it was. And so to go back, circle back to my my earlier question, he's like, I asked him to do something that I knew he couldn't do. But then now when you go back and now think about the questions that, that you know, because I this is my love language. This is what I need, right? All of those things that your partner could have done to fulfill your needs, um, it was possible for them to do that. Otherwise, you wouldn't be upset with them, right? Mm-hmm. And so the other part that I look at, and we got to wrap up, we'll, we'll come back to the show. Um, on Wednesday, we'll, we'll continue this. We, when we talked about liking our partner, right? Um, one of the things that we can, we can do is look for reasons to like them, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than look for reasons to, to dis- not like, to not like Absolutely. them. Absolutely. And so, but that's a learned behavior. That's a learned behavior where you can look for something in that person that you like and then find it, right? I'm today I'm gonna look for something that my partner does well. And I'm gonna I'm gonna get excited about it. That's an intention, right? It is. Rather, you know what? I don't like the way you fold those clothes. And so now, because you've done that to that person, when it comes to being vulnerable. Negativity. That negativity because my grandmother taught me how to fold clothes. And because my grandmother and we had this so beautiful relationship, folding clothes this way reminds me of my grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're, you're robbing him of this experience, which at some point those clothes are going to the trash. Right, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying it's like, oh my gosh, and now I can't make this connection with you, all because you got upset with me because of the way my grandmother taught me how to to fold clothes, and those were moments with grandma where we would get um, licorice candy if I folded them right, and we would go down to the candy store and get da da da. You, you got it, but but I'm saying, but 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 know that um, he couldn't share that with you, right? Because that that's like salty, salty. Oh, Archie wasn't pulling the clothes. He <laughs> throw them in the drawer. Throw them in the drawer. Throw yeah. them in the drawer. Right. But that, right. but that was part of, you know, it was okay. Mm-hmm. You know, when they say uh, the old saying, "Choose your battles." Mm-hmm. Choose your battles. Because it 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 makes a difference. Mm-hmm. It truly makes a difference. Because bringing up folding clothes, what's more important to me, to us, to our relationship, how he folds clothes or how he makes me feel safe? Mm-hmm. I I'd, I'd rather have how he makes me feel safe. So that and therein lies the problem. And that we see in relationships that because I've I fought with you, mm-hmm. I've had a fight with you and I lost. Um, because there was a, a commander that one of my mentors, he was saying to me that it's not the fight that destroys the relationship. It's the fallout behind it. It's the fallout. But it's not the actual fight that we had, the battle that we had. It was the fallout behind it and so during that fallout period right and you're needing to be comforted and that person can't be there simply because you had a fight about something that was going to the trash it's always something simple mm-hmm. something simple we fight about but mm-hmm. at the end of the day i look back and I, I wish, you know, my husband was here to mm-hmm. throw his, his clothes in the drawer mm-hmm. or, or to wash my whites with my jeans. <laughs> you know, bleach, I would yeah. take that back any day. Yeah. So you look at what's 
what's really the issue here? Mm -hmm. What is what is like you said? It's it's the fallout behind mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And so, what has what got us to this point? Yeah. And so, you have to start looking, going back. Mm -hmm. You have to delve back into whatever the situation was. Like, how did we get here? Right. And understand. Okay, so we got here doing this. Okay, so how do we change this, or how do we not get back to that place? That's the challenge that people um, have to understand. You know, we we battle, mm -hmm. we misunderstand. There's always mm -hmm. miscommunication, but the most important thing between a couple is communication. Mm -hmm. If you don't have communication, mm -hmm. and I don't mean just talking just to be talking, mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes people do need to, to, to vent mm -hmm. and that's okay. But I'm talking about the communication in survival mode. Mm -hmm. How are we going to communicate where we are going to hold it together as a couple? Right. How and, are we gonna manage and, and, and that's where that, that cognitive intimate connection why that's so important that you know that when I when I'm interacting with you that you're walking away with an experience that you feel a level of closeness between the two of us because we've just exchanged thoughts regardless of what those thoughts are and and as you were talking I'm I'm thinking um, one of the challenges is to turn off that cognitive bias. Mm -hmm. How do you turn off that cognitive bias so that you can be present with your spouse? Listening. You have to listen. You have to give 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 the person a chance to speak. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to be accepting of one another's feelings because you may feel this way and i may not feel that way but who am i to say your feelings are wrong who am i to say mm. well i you know you 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 feel this way but i disagree and that's okay but you can't tell someone how to feel you can't tell someone about their emotions and therefore you cannot disagree with the way that they feel so you have to accept accept these person, this person's feelings and say, okay, so you feel this way. Why? Right. So remember we talked about, I mentioned looking for reasons to agree. Mm -hmm. I mean, looking for a reason to like your partner, right? Mm -hmm. You can also look for reasons to agree with them mm -hmm. and not look for reasons to disagree. Why they're talking, you're looking for a reason to disagree. And this is your partner. What they're saying, is they're given a testimony of their experience of something that was that happened to them a trigger that happened maybe 20 30 years ago mm -hmm. that that something happened that triggered this emotion that i i don't like and i just need help right now processing this and now can you protect me from making sure that that doesn't happen again because I don't want to be triggered like that. Well, you should be able to control. No, I can't. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I was in Afghanistan and I'm coming out of the out of a war zone, right? And I'm in Starbucks, and the microwave goes off. Mm. I'm thinking like, oh my god, That's rocket fair. attack! Mm -hmm. a, a rocket attack because it was similar mm -hmm. to that that sound. Um, and so, but it, it took some time to be able to do that mm -hmm. and, and having that safe space, preserving that safe space mm -hmm. for your partner to share their truth Absolutely. is important. Absolutely. So we are running up on time. We got to do this again. Um, this was amazing. You shared, you were vulnerable. We appreciate it. Um, you gave tremendous insight on a beautiful relationship um that when you persevere through the hard times right it might not be the 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 remedy might not be what you think it is or what you expect it to be 
But regardless, if you both commit to persevering through it, right? When you get to the horizon and you see the sun and you can sit up and like, man, I wish my partner was here right now. I wish my mm-hmm. husband's here right now because of the memories that we collected. Mm-hmm. Right? It's about it's about collecting unique experiences. Absolutely. And 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 that this is what holds this is the glue. Um or, or 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 this is I should say this. This is the sugar in the spaghetti, right? <laughs> he like, oh my gosh, who who? Why does the spaghetti taste like this? It's so, it's the sugar, it's the sugar. So, um, we close on that again. This is your host, Champ Franklin. Intimate discoveries where every episode is one step closer to you experiencing a phenomenal relationship. I'll see you on Wednesday at 4 p.m. sharp. Champ out.